Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners and watchers. Welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for joining me today, wherever you are in the world right now. I'm Louisa, your host, and our guest today, I'm so excited about finally having her on the show, Heidi Craig. Heidi Craig's heart stopped while she was in the OR, and she woke up in heaven, or what she likes to call as home. Heidi had her near-death experience NDE after having her youngest son and Heidi received three messages during her NDE over and over again. Heidi is the author of Messages from Heaven. This is her story and this is her passion. Heidi Craig, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate being here and thank you for your platform and for inviting me to share my story. Oh, I've been so excited about this interview. I, it's been a while, so I'm really looking forward to it. You had an incredible near-death experience. I've spoken a little bit about it briefly in the introduction, but this is your platform today. So I'd love you, if you feel comfortable, to share your profound experiences with the audience. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll start with uh, what happened. Mm -hmm. um, I had just, it was actually back in 2004. Um, I had just given birth to my youngest son, my, my third, my third son. Um, and I had what was called retained placenta. Um, and so I was hemorrhaging and the doctor made the decision to take me into the OR, put me under anesthesia and um, remove the placenta. And so um, when I was in the OR and um, they're putting the oxygen mask on me, um, my, my thought was, I have to stay awake. I can't go to sleep. I had that thought. I, I kind of knew that something was going to happen. I didn't know what it was, but I'm like, you have to stay awake, stay awake. And of course you can't, <laughs> you can't stay awake. I was out. But during that time for four and a half minutes, my heart stopped um, on the operating table when I was in the OR. And when I, went back and I pulled the medical records, they cited that it was due to um, complications to heart disease. So I have what's called mitral valve prolapse, it's MVP. And that's just when your um, left, left valve of your atrium uh, opens back up like a parachute, um, which can cause leakage, which can cause blood to go back into the left atrium. And so that's what they cited, the reason why my, my heart stopped. Um, but so I fell asleep um, and I was fighting it, but I was instantly out. And when I woke up, I was encompassed in this beautiful golden yellow white light. Um, we, we don't have the vocabulary here um, in, in this life, um, in this reality to explain the, the colors, to really do it justice, to articulate it. Um, the experience, I'm going to do the best that I can. Um, but we, we don't have a word for that, the color that I was bathed in. The best I can explain it as is this golden yellow, white light. Um, and when I woke up in it, the, the feeling that I had was one of just love, just pure, unconditional love, peace and contentment. And you know, at that moment when you 
when you've gone through something and you can finally breathe and exhale, just that, that peace and contentment is what I felt. And it was just a, a knowing. And I also, I, I want to explain and try to articulate that time there doesn't exist as it does here, right? That linear time, that man-made time doesn't exist. So everything that was happening to me happened at the same time, but separately. And that's really hard to wrap your mind around. So I am going to try to put it in a chronological order to, so that, you know, it's understandable that it was all happening at the same time, even though it was separate. So I, I woke up and I had this just this feeling of peace and love and safety and this warmth, like to my core being that I'd never felt before, you know, even I remember like the safest I'd ever felt when I was a child at my grandparents' house and it was snowing outside and I would get to sleep over. And just that, that peace and that love and that warmth I felt there and that, that safety, that warmth, it was like that, that magnetized that by a million times is what I was in. And it wasn't just a feeling, it was uh, my entire essence, my entire being. It was a wave of energy. It was a living palpable wave of energy, this light that I was bathed in. Uh, and also everything was communicated by thought. It was an instant knowing. There were no words that were spoken. So I, I wake up in this light and it was just the most heavenly feeling I've ever experienced. And I had a thought, but again, uh, the, like the first syllable of that thought, it was answered. It was just an instant knowing and I knew exactly where I was at. So I, I woke up in this light, I see these divine beings all the way around me. I'm in a circle and I'm surrounded by all these divine beings. And, you know, my, I was having a thought of where am I? And even before I could get the W of the where of that thought out, it was your home and you're loved. And I knew it instantly. And I knew we were all connected. I knew we were all one and I knew we were love. It was just pure, pure love. And so I, when I first recognized the beings, they had it like a ghost shape, like a ghost outline is what I saw, but that was just to kind of acclimate me <laughs> to my, my surroundings and where I was at until I had that instant knowing. Um, and then I recognized them through their vibration, through their energy. And we all had a vibration, um, but they were all um, an energy and a vibration, but all at different levels. So mine wasn't as fast as the divine beings were vibrating. There was faster. Um, and then we all had a different rate of vibration and a different color. And then together, those vibration, those colors merged together and it made up that beautiful golden light, yellow light that we were in. And, and I knew that that light is where we're from. That's what we were made from. That was the divine. That's God. That's love. We're just love, un unconditional, pure love. And I knew that our purpose in this lifetime, in this dimension, because I was shown that we live multiple dimensions in multiple lifetimes at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I knew that the purpose for this one, well, all of them, but specifically this one, because I just had come from this one, um, was to come down here and, and learn and to love. I mean, we're really here to love and grow in love. Um, but to do that, you know, there are lessons that our soul uh, wants to learn that we want to experience so that we can expand. So we have that expansion. So we do raise our vibrations. So while I was there and, and I'm surrounded by all these beautiful divine beings and, and I'm getting all this information, I had these three messages that were continually 
going through my being, through my vibration. And again, everything is, um, in my experience and what I experienced, it's, it's, it's vibration, it's energy. And so these messages were actually palpable, viable, live uh, beings, even though they were messages that I was receiving. And it was that, you know, we are unconditionally loved. Everything's always as it's supposed to be and everything will be okay. It'll always be all right. And those, those messages were going through me over and over and over again. So I knew, I knew that those were important that I needed to carry those with me. No matter what happened, those, I had to carry those with me and those had to be my truth. So, and I just kept getting those over and over again. I was shown everything. I can't break it down, but I was shown everything. So I, I knew that you know, my action towards someone, it affected that person, which then in turn affected how they um, um, reacted with another living being or soul or plant. I could see that ripple effect, that butterfly effect, some people call it, how we all affect each other. Um, and so, and I understood, and I understood why things happen the way that they had up until this point. Um, and I just knew, I understood and I knew in that instant knowing that we were all connected and we all do affect each other. We're, we really are all one, um, which is really hard in this lifetime because we're so focused on, you know, what's mine and what's best for me and what benefits me and, you know, our 3D life and living and surviving day to day. Um, but in that moment, in that time, I knew, you know, it's going to be okay. And we are all connected. Now I can see because I did that, that it affected that person that way. And it affected that plant that way. And that, you know, um, insect that way, we're, we're all, we're all connected. And so that was beautiful. I, I was shown that when we do go home, um, you do have a, a life review, but it's not like, like, um, uh, for me, I was shown that it's not like in pictures. It's not like where you, you're just sitting there watching it. You're actually in, you're experiencing it. So, and it's not, there's nobody there judging you. God's not there or a higher source or a divine being. I, I call the higher source to higher power God, but that was just, I was raised um, Catholic. I was, I was, or Lutheran. I was baptized Catholic, but I was raised Lutheran. Mm -hmm. So when I, when I had um, gone home, um, my first recognition was of Jesus and Mother Mary um, and of God, but I was shown that if I would was a Buddhist, Buddha would have come forward for me. It was again and and shown that religion is correct. All religion is correct. It's just been interpreted incorrectly by man, and that's due to you know biases, perception, greed, hate. Um, uh, power it's just been interpreted you know from that person's perspective from what they're here to learn uh so i i and i get that asked that question a lot i do not believe in organized religion anymore and that's just again because of my experience based on what i experienced um at that time and it's just come back with me now um but i was shown we have this life review and there's nobody judging you god's not sitting there ascended masters are not sitting there Jesus, Buddha, no one's sitting there judging your life. Um, you're not even judging your life. You're there and you're experiencing um, your life again, but you're experiencing it from other people's 
point of view, what you put them through, you're feeling what you made them feel by your actions. And that's where your healing comes in. You know, we, because, because you're, you're going back to your true divine self and we are truly love. And we, all we want to do is love and grow and expand, you know, that hurts when you hurt somebody, it hurts. And so I was shown at that, and that's where our healing comes in and that we have to heal from it. It takes some people longer to heal because, you know, some of their acts that they committed may have been, you know, more traumatic, um, than others. Um, but I was shown that. So there is a, I was shown a life review, but it's not how, how I imagined that it would have been before I had my experience. Um, I was shown, I wasn't shown anything in the future. And in fact, to this day, I have a really great connection with my guides and, you know, I'll talk with them daily and uh, I can't, I try and try and I cannot get any information for myself. <laughs> you know, it's like, when am I going to meet my next partner? You know, am I going to get this promotion? And there's just something that, you know, we just are not supposed to have the answer to. We just need to live in the moment, experience it, make our choices and, and live our life. But if we're looking at and we're living at it from a perspective of love, then you can't go wrong. You're always going to make the right decision, even if, if, if it is a mistake for you. So it was, it was such a profound experience. And I didn't get the option to stay. Um, I wasn't asked, hey, do you want to stay? Do you want to go back? Um, I wasn't given the option. And I, I woke up to the doctor yelling at me, like in this very stern voice to wake up. And I just remember I was angry. I did not want to wake up. How dare he bring me back to this? I was cold. I was heavy. I was sore. I was in pain. And I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be home. I, I wanted to be home. This, this, this felt foreign. And I was angry. And how dare he? pull me back and bring me back here. And so I wasn't given the option. And later on, when I asked my guys, like, well, I, I've heard that people get the option to stay. And they're like, well, you would have argued with us. There was no point because you have more things that you have to do and you have to learn. And I know, you know, it was for my children. It was for my sons. And, and also my lessons my, for myself that I'm here in this lifetime to learn are self-love, self-worthiness, forgiveness. I have quite a few that, you know, and I, I work on every day and I struggle with every day. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I have a lot more learning in this lifetime and this reality to do. And that's why I'm back. I, I do get asked also, you know, if it was so great and if it's so real, have I ever thought about committing suicide to go back? And that's an absolutely, absolute no, absolutely not. I know that if I would in my life, um, prematurely, uh, before an exit point, uh, that when I went home, I would make the decision to come back and relive it to learn those lessons that I didn't learn in this lifetime. And I don't know about you, but I want to learn my lessons in this lifetime and move on yeah. <laughs> and move to a different lesson. Um, so no, not for me, committing suicide to go back home is not in my thought process. It's not an option, um, but I do get asked that. So I wanted to, to bring that up. Thank um, you. Yeah, you're welcome. So it was really a profound experience. There was a lot of information that I received. There is a lot to it. Um, the more I talk about it and the more I write about it, uh, the more downloads that I get from it and the more that I remember every time. Um, I did write a little book, a little affirmation book where I um, took the messages that I received 
just to put them out there because my life up to the near-death experience, I had some traumatic uh, childhood experiences. And then I had my near-death experience. And then I had some traumatic experiences after my near-death experience with loss, like losing family members and losing pets that I loved. And I know that having those messages that I received really give me hope and gave me hope and turning those into affirmations daily really helped me daily to ground myself and to remember that this is temporary and I am here out of love and I am here to love. So if I'm making choices based on that, I'm going to be okay. It's always going to be okay. And I'll get through it no matter what I'll always get through it. Even at my lowest, when I thought things could never get worse, it always got better and I always got through it. So by sharing those messages, I hope that it gives hope. I hope that people, it resonates and people do carry hope away from that and, and find some good out of those messages. So that's just a little bit about my experience. <laughs> that was great. That. I do. First of all, thank you so much for sharing that. I've got so many questions. First of all, do you mind us repeating those three very important messages that you received over and over again? Sure. So we are unconditionally loved. Everything's always as it's supposed to be. And everything will always be okay. It will always be all right. I know they're really simple really simple messages and you're like, yeah, that's common sense. But I feel like, you know, we have our lives and it gets staticky and we get so immersed in our own issues and our own problems that we lose sight, even though those are so simple. So to me, they're simple, but very powerful. They're very powerful. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking, do I go in chronological order or not? But I've got something <laughs> at the end. A lot of new death experiences say when they've returned to this realm, this dimension in the physical body, it just doesn't seem like reality. They're heavy, they're sluggish. Um, and you also mentioned that as well, that there's a certain light. Well, obviously you're not, you don't have a physical body, but it's very common to experience that sensation. Do you still feel like that some, sometimes it, it's, it's sluggish, heavy uh, dimension? Yes. Yeah, I do. And I'm sorry, I didn't, I don't think I even explained that, but I did not have a body. So I was me, mm -hmm. but I did not have a body. I was the vibration, the essence, our soul. The consciousness. Um, yeah, the consciousness. Exactly. What a beautiful way to put it. And so, yes, here uh, I do. I feel heavy. I feel uh, sluggish. I, you know, when I am going through an experience that's not great, that's challenging, I really feel it more. You know, you feel it in aches and pains and you just feel that, that heaviness and that burden, that weight. But, so, yes. Um, thanks, Heidi. Did you know that you had died or transitioned when you went into this incredible realm? The Heidi, did yes. you know that Heidi had died or her physical, your physical body? Yes. So I, I Heidi didn't die. Um, no, sorry. I, I was still there. Yeah, no, no, that's a, it's a beautiful question. And thank you for asking. Um, but yes, my physical body, um, that I wear in this yes. lifetime was, was, was no longer, I was shed of that. I was light and I was actually back to my true being, my true divine being. So I had no, it, there was no feeling of loss over it or sadness over it. It was actually a feeling of happiness and joy and love and peace that I was home and back to my, my true, true essence, my, my true core, my true being. And I just, I, I loved that you 
we're talking about the everything's vibration and I just got this visual image of I mean I certainly don't go to rock concerts anymore but you know that the, the, the speakers you can feel in your whole essence in your whole body that vibration that was kind of the visual image that I received or when you're listening it doesn't have to be loud sound but you know when sound affects your whole whole body um, so that was just such a great way of describing it even when you were receiving uh, or what we call words communication the sounds we make with our mouth it was coming through as vibration is that correct Yes, that's correct. And you should go to rock concert. You should, you should still go, Louisa. Don't stop. <laughs> Do what you love. Go to, go to I don't know event. if I love it. but <laughs> um, So interesting. You mentioned um, the same belief. Everything's happening now. Everything's happening consecutively. You spoke about all your experiences, not only all your experiences during your near-death experience, but all your lives in this dimension and other dimensions are happening right now. This is one of my favorite subjects, but we won't digress too much. Do you mind just explaining that a little bit more to the audience? Yeah, so so we we have multiple, there are multiple dimensions, multiple realities, multiple lives. So I don't like to say past lives. I like mm -hmm. to say other lives because simultaneously right now I could have 50 other lives going on and 50 other dimensions and realities. Right. I could be a different life form on a different a different planet in a different solar system or galaxy um, at this very moment. And I'm living that life. I'm just conscious right now in this 3D body, in this lifetime of this particular experience that I'm going through. I don't know if that answers your question or not. No, 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 it did. It's just, I get it. It's, just, it's a very hard concept. You're now identifying as Heidi Craig, but I'm just trying to think about how to explain it. There's all, some people say there's an over soul and you have uh, fragments of that soul in multiple dimensions and multiple realities. Do you see it like that as well? Yeah. So we, yeah. So we have our soul and, and our soul can, can go out to, to different dimensions, different realities, different mm -hmm. lives. Um, and, and pieces of it, right? We're going to take what we need to learn um, from that piece to put back to for our expansion and our growth. Um, it's not to say that there's not another me identical living another life right now in a different reality, because I know that there is. Yeah. So, but then there could be a male me out there who has the name of Abraham, you know, living a different life or Ichabar on a different planet, and I'm a different life form. Um, so, but it's still me, it's, it's my soul mm -hmm. inhabiting that body at the same time that my soul is inhabiting this body in this lifetime. It is really a difficult concept and it is hard to articulate um, because for me, and I don't have a, the background or an education of a scientist or a neurosurgeon or, you know, I'm a credit analyst, you know, that got my degree from an online university. Um, I, I don't have any higher education or learning from that. So I just have my, my perspective, my vocabulary um, to explain this through. And I don't always have the words to articulate what I'm trying to say based on the amazing, incredible experience that I had. Heidi, you're doing a great job. 
thank you. I'm just in a, in very simple terms in this dimension, this reality that I identify as Louisa, just to explain it to the audience, how I can explain it as, for example, by locating, I'm Louisa, but I can imagine myself walking through my grandmother's house. I'm actually there, but I'm also here as well. That's just in, that's it in very, very simple terms. So yeah. I can imagine yeah. walking through the rooms and opening the cupboards and I'm consciously doing that at the same time. Exactly. Last night I was flying, you know, I'm at home in my bed, but I'm out of my body. I can see myself, but I was flying and I was flying, you know, across the world in a different continent. It was amazing. So, but I was it, conscious that I was at home in bed. Is this, would you consider that astro traveling or astral projection? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's out just a name, out-of-body yeah. experience. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, gosh, this, we're going off tangent here, but have, has this been more prevalent or started since your near-death experience? I, I feel like I, I always had a connection, uh, a strong connection with my guides. I always knew that there was a higher um, a source, a higher presence, which, again, with my um, religious background was God to me. Um, I always knew that Um, I, even when I started um, separating myself from the church, because I didn't, I didn't believe what was being taught. I just saw too many discrepancies and the hypocrisy. So I started to remove myself even before my experience from the church, but I always knew that there was, um, I was looked after there, uh, you know, there were beings that were watching over me, looking after me, that there was a higher, a source, a higher higher conscious mm-hmm. consciousness I, I knew that so I always felt protected I always felt loved I always knew that there was someone someone there even though I couldn't tangibly tell you what it was um, and with life and again in, in this life particularly um, because you know we're so off of the reason why we're here um, it's so fragmented and there's so much um, just bad right now in, in this life, in this world, it gets staticky and you can lose that connection really easily just trying to survive and live day to day at a lower vibration, at a lower level. And so up until my near-death experience and I had gone through and we all go through traumatic experiences, I, you know, I, I had a dysfunctional childhood growing up. I did not really have that connection as deeply as I had it once I had after my near-death experience. So after my near-death experience, I was really connected in to my guides and I could talk to them daily. And I was actually even, um, you know, when my mom had passed away, uh, I had a really close connection to her and I was talking to her every day. And, but then again, life goes on, right? And I, it's taken me a lot of time and many, many years to integrate in my experience. And I still do it, still do it daily. And I'm still learning from it daily. Um, but I do, life will get staticky and life will get in the way and the connection's not as strong, but it's always there. And I can always get back into it when I ground myself, when I clear myself, when I meditate, when it's like, it's like anything, it, it takes practice. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if, if you haven't ridden a bike in a while, you know, you have to get back on and practice to get back to that level you were where you don't have to use your hands when you're riding it. Right. It's the same thing with our, our um, ability to connect uh, uh, to our 
our original selves, our original beings. Uh, and we all have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, to answer your question, that was a long way to get through it. My connection, I do feel is stronger now, though it still does to this day, it'll get staticky and I'll lose that connection a bit just because of life. And then I'll have to practice myself and work my well self back up there to have that, that connection where I really want it to be. Yeah, you did mention we get so engrossed in our own little world and our humanness in our life, and it's really not like that, but it's, you know, it's unavoidable. Um, you speak about raising your vibration, and I think you probably answered my question, how do you do that? You mentioned meditation, writing. Is there another way for the audience to There's, connect with um, guides and raise their vibration? Oh, yeah. There's so many ways. You know, meditating is not for everybody. Journaling is not for everybody. You can raise your vibration simply by doing what you love simply by living your true authentic self, not making yourself small for anyone. You know, we're not, I hate the term weird because nobody's weird. We, we are all different and we all have different perspectives. And so just because my perspective is different than yours and I like something that you don't like or you like something that I don't like doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make me weird. We're just different. We have so much to learn from each other. So it's, it's anything that you do that you love raises your vibration. So, you know, if you love riding horses, you go out there on the weekends and you ride that horse. If you like to work out, work out because that's raising your vibration, right? You're, you're no longer focused on all those things that are coming into your world. Like, Oh, how am I going to get that done? And how am I going to make money to pay for that? And when you're not thinking about that, you're just engrossed in that moment of doing what you love. And that raises your vibration. If you love taking naps, take a nap. That's going to raise your vibration. You love watching movies, watch a movie. And I, you know, it's going to raise your vibration. Anything that you love doing is going to raise your vibration. Also watching your thoughts, how you speak to yourself. I know that I can get very critical on myself and I know a lot of perfectionists, you know, where you can beat yourself up, um, growing up that narrative, trying to change those patterns, because you know what, we are enough. We are worthy. We are beautiful. And, and, you know, who's to say that your standard of beauty is any better than mine? I'm not going to let somebody dictate how I feel about myself because I know I'm a beautiful person. So you have to change that narrative. So when you're like, oh, I could lose five pounds or, oh, I, I just hate my thighs. You need to change that around. Like, you know what? These thighs, I've given birth to three incredible children and they're incredible beings. I'm really thankful for them. So just changing that narrative, that's going to change your vibration and living your authentic self. If you like to dress in 1940 attire, do it. Don't be afraid not to do it because you're afraid of what your mother's going to think or what your neighbor will think or what your boss is going to think. If that's how you like to dress, dress that way. It doesn't hurt anybody and it makes you feel good. That's going to raise your vibration. It's all about passion. Passion (laughs) I love it. I love it. And yeah, right. We, yes. we are all going to go into experiences every day where it might be challenging or somebody may challenge us or trigger us and make us upset or make us angry. But it's like taking a step back and looking at it from a different perspective of maybe putting yourself into their shoes or trying to understand where they're coming from before we react. And even if we're upset, we can still come from it from a perspective of love. And if we're doing that, and it's coming from love, they're going to feel that we may not agree, but at least we know we're not out to 
one up each other or get to each other that we're, we're truly there in this experience trying to understand each other. And we can agree to disagree. I think you just answered my question about suffering and basically it's always act from a place of love and it is an experience. And if you can continue to act with love, make choices based on love, it gets easier. Yes, I do. I get asked that question, you know, why do bad things happen to yes. good people? I get asked that a lot. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I can't answer that question. We're, we're all here for our own experiences. Um, and I'm not going to invalidate anybody's experiences that have happened in their life, because when something bad happens, it truly happens to you. It's not made up. You didn't make it up. You're not overreacting. It happened. I'm not going to invalidate that. So it's, it's hard for me to answer that question, but I think you answered it. Like you said, if, if we are looking at things from a perspective of love, we can't go wrong basically. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and I, I, and what, what's your advice for people who are ex probably similar, but experiencing grief or have lost a loved one? That's tough too. You know, um, grief and grieving take time and everybody's grief and grieving is going to look different. I don't feel like anybody should be ashamed or embarrassed by it. It can take somebody a year, it can take somebody 10 years to fully be able to think of that person without getting teary and upset. You know, that person is always going to be a part of you, that that animal, you know, our, our, our angel babies that are not in human form. Um, that loss can be just as profound, if not more, than losing a human person that was close to you. Grief and loss are personal experiences. Uh, I, I feel like for me, I, you know, losing family members, losing pets, I have a different perspective because of the experience that I had. Um, so somebody may look at me if I'm not grieving as they think that I should be grieving <laughs> and, and look at me like maybe I don't care. Uh, but I do, but I have a different perspective on it. For, for me, I feel like it's just honoring our loved ones. You know, we can't forget them. So I don't want to stop talking about my mom. I don't want to start, stop talking about Lily, my puppy that died. I want to remember the good things and honor that memory. Um, uh, and it's okay. I want somebody to ask me about them, right? I want them to ask me about a great memory that I had to honor that, to honor them. Because those are what that. Those are the times that I want to remember, you know, not when she was on her, you know, in her transition period and on that hospital bed and viewing her that way. Um, I know that's probably not the answer people want. But <laughs> it's your truth. So, but it's my truth, exactly. Um, gosh, I've got so many questions, but maybe one important final one. No doubt you get asked this a lot. What would you say to people that are afraid of dying? I'm, I, so based on my experience, I'm not afraid of death anymore. I, uh, I do have a fear that it might hurt, <laughs> which I know is irrational because I know that, um, what, what I was shown is it's like your body instantly leaves, you know, before that moment or during that moment. So you're not, you're not feeling that pain. Um, 
when you do go home, when you do cross over, I, but I still have that, like, I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be in pain when I, when I pass. Um, but I'm not afraid of death. I know the experience that I had is more real to me than standing here today, talking with you and sharing this experience with you. Um, I, I truly and honestly believe that we, our soul goes on, that we don't just, you know, that it's just this lifetime, just this body. And once it goes, that's it. There's, there's blackness or darkness. I don't believe that. I believe that our soul lives on, or there's, it's not even lit. We're just, we're, we're just always, I don't even know how to explain it again. Now, it's hard to no. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, we, we just always exist. We're always, we're always here. We always exist. Um, consciousness exists beyond the physical body yes yeah and it's interesting too um, I know that people have had experiences like when they've passed and they've gone and there was nothing but blackness or you know they were in the dirt with worms or they had a negative experience Um, but again in my experience what I was shown is when you're you're taking your beliefs over from this, this this lifetime into into transitioning over to going home. And so you're taking those beliefs with you. So if you believe that you're not worthy or if you're scared of, that you're going to be judged, you may go into blackness. But as soon as you accept the light and that love, you're instantly home, right? So your experience, not everybody's near-death experience. If they have a near-death experience, our transition going home is going to be the same. We're, we're individual people with free will, we have thoughts from this body, this lifetime that we're in, that's going to, when we're first transitioning over, we're going to carry with us until we actually go home. We step into that light and then we have our instant knowing and we're, we're back, you know, we're all integrated. We're back to where we, we come from. Yes, I agree. I mean, from my interviews, it's so interesting you say that because it's based on, you know, environment, culture, religion, society, um, there's so many environmental factors that uh, guide our experience. Heidi, it's been such a delight to talk to you. I've asked all the questions. Is there something you'd like to share with the audience, Passion Harvest audience, that I haven't asked you? Well, again, thank you, Louisa. This has been a pleasure. I really appreciate your platform. I appreciate you, the work that you do. I feel it's so important um, sharing people's stories, getting messages out there. So thank you. Um, I guess I really just want to leave with the messages that I received that you're unconditionally loved. You are unconditionally loved. Everything's will be okay. It's, it's always all right. And everything's always the way that it's supposed to be. And I feel like if, if you hold on to those, even in your darkest moments, your darkest hours, when you feel like it can, can't get any worse, that there's always some hope. There's always some light. I always like to say never lose sight of the light. So I guess I just want to leave that. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. Heidi Craig, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Well, I feel fabulous after speaking with you, I have to say. (laughs) I really do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, Heidi. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.